Again, it's wonderful to see all of you this morning. It's the, the beginning of July, and it's really warm outside. Don't you guys feel like it sort of was, like it crept up on us? Like normally it gets really hot earlier, but it's just suddenly gotten really hot. Like it's just, there's mosquitoes and nauseums everywhere. There's horrible little creatures, you know. They're there for whatever the reason the Lord created them. You know, he, you know, he knows better, so we accept it, you know. Even though I can't go outside in my shorts because the nauseums eat everything. My son's so little that they carry him away. You know, that's what happens when you live in the swamps of Florida. But I don't know about you, I am grateful to live in this nation, America. This week, it's the 4th of July as we celebrate our nation. And you know, as most of you know, I come from Africa, and we've been here now for 15 and a half years about. And um, when I got here, and I'd go to the drive-through, I would try and order milk. You all understood what I just said, right? And every time I would order milk, they would give me Coke. So I would say, hi, can I have some milk, please? And they would say, yes, sir, we'll give you some Coke. And I'd say, but I don't ask for Coke, I ask for milk. And, yes, I got you, sir, we'll get you some Coke. And I used to believe that it would only be like certain drive throughs But then well, I'd go somewhere else and I would order milk and they would give me Coke. So I realized I had to begin to talk differently, to speak differently. And so I began to say, milk. And... And by the grace of God, they finally began to understand me. <laughs> now, the funniest thing about it is that I honestly believe I sound like all of you. Now, I have been, I have been Americanized with my accent. Now, I'm truly grateful, honestly, to be a U.S. citizen. Amen. And by the grace of God, we got our citizenship a few years ago. And I believe that God brought us to this nation. And I love this land so much and I'm so grateful to be here not because I want you to like me I really do love America the problem is is that so many Americans don't and what's really devastating is that the church is losing faith in what this country can still be you know we are still one nation under God and I truly believe that, that the, the church must awaken to what's going on in our nation. We have to fight for our nation, America. We cannot allow the enemy to have his way in this nation. And you know, there's signs of it, you see it, you know. Certain companies do certain things and suddenly they lose billions. That's because there is still a remnant in this nation that believes what is right. And we have to, come on, I can't believe you're not more excited. What's wrong with you people? We have to stand up as we head towards a new election in a, in a year's time. We begin to prepare for all of those things. I hate politics. I really, really do. But I tell you what, I'm praying and seeking God because the one thing that the enemy must, enemy must not have his way with is the church. And so God has caused us as the church to be the ones that must fight. 
And so we will. I better get an amen for that. Amen. We will. So I will be, I will be ministering a word soon with a little rainbow, and it'll be pride or promise. You choose. And don't get mad at me, man. Go read your Bible. I can't understand some people. You know, Frank Sinatra was wrong, guys. I did it my way. It didn't work. It doesn't work. Let's try and do it. If you want to see our nation completely go to total destruction, let's do it our way. And that's part of what I want to minister to you this morning. Because I truly believe that You know, God has so much in store for us as his people. You know, I am so thankful to be a child of God. I don't know about you. I am so grateful that I serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and I'm 100% confident in who he is. Not always myself, but in him, 100% confident. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about abundance. Because, you see, everyone was excited until I said abundance. As soon as we talk about prosperity or abundance, the church goes quiet. And yes, I understand that in some ways, this subject has been perhaps represented incorrectly in some ways. But what we must understand is that God is an abundant God. The same way that God loves abundantly, shows mercy abundantly, We must understand that this is who he is. He is an abundant God. And he has wonderful things in store for those who love him and obey him. If you don't say amen, you're going to have to say oh my. You see, the truth is, is that God's word is so powerful. Can we all agree? And we believe that God's promises are yes and amen. So if you believe God's word to be true, why would you only want to believe what you want to believe and not what the whole Bible says? It's important for us to take the whole scripture and apply all of it to our lives. What does God say? What does God say concerning your life? What does God say concerning what he wants to do in your life? I think we should take a look at these things. So this morning, that's going to be the topic I have to turn my mic off there because it does this funny thing. So this will probably turn into a two-part series, perhaps three parts, but definitely two parts because we're going to just scratch the surface this morning and then really dig into it next weekend. But I want you to really fully grasp this morning that God is abundant towards us. The same way that we see God as a deliverer, as a savior, We must see him as an abundant God because that's who he is. He is the creator of everything and he has everything in his hands. He owns it all. Amen. The Bible has some things to say about this abundance and how there is one that desires to take this abundance away from you and I. So if the enemy has a plan to take abundance away from us, there must be a reason why he would want to do that because surely... If he is against our abundance, there must, be a, 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 there must be a God that wants to give us abundance. So have a look at what the scriptures say. John 10.10 10 says, the thief does not come 
except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You need to understand that God wants you to have life and to have that life abundantly. So abundance is not a bad thing, guys. Abundance is what God wants for you and I. That's what he wants for us. You should have a desire to live abundantly, extraordinary, remarkably for the Lord and in your life. The Bible calls the enemy the thief here. And there's a reason for it because it expresses him as one who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's what he wants to do. He wants to come against the plans of God to bless you and not only to give you life, but to give it to you abundantly. That is God's plan for each and every one of us. The Bible warns us about this thief. Look at what it says in 1 Peter 5 verse number 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we need to look at some of these words because they're really powerful in the Greek. The word to be sober and to be vigilant, two words, sober means that we should be self-controlled or sober-minded. Vigilant means to be awake or to be watchful. So what should we be watchful for? We should be watching out for, this, for, for one that has a plan, an adversary, to come against us, to devour us. The adversary in the Greek actually means, adversary means the accuser, or it also could be used as prosecutor. So he's like a prosecuting attorney or accuser. So like one in a court case would stand and prosecute or stand and accuse the defendant. Are you with me? That's what the enemy tries to do. So wherever he sees that you are not being sober-minded, that you are not being self-controlled, those are the areas where he will try and prosecute you. He will try and hold it against you. Again, for what? So that God can't bless you and do what he desires to do in your life. And not only that, but to do it abundantly. You see, abundance is actually the portion of the believer. Everything God does, he does abundantly. Look in scripture. When he provides in the wilderness, there was left over. He always does things in an, abundance way, in an abundant way. There was always more than enough to provide for those who had need. Throughout scripture, Old Testament, and we'll get into the New Testament a little bit later. The Bible says devour, where the enemy, where the devil walks like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The word devour there means to swallow up, to ruin completely, to completely destroy. The devil don't like you. And so he will seek whoever he can to completely destroy, to prevent from stepping into the fullness of what God has for us. The problem with most Christians is as soon as you say abundance or prosperity, the first thing that comes to their mind is gold bars and money. And the truth is, is that there is so much more to abundance and prosperity than money alone. Amen. However, money is included in that. We need to have a look at that this morning. Poverty and lack is not a blessing from God. 
There is nowhere in Scripture that teaches us that it is good to be poor or to lack or to not have enough to be provided for. God is not a God of poverty and lack. Abundance is in fact the opposite of need and want. The world classifies abundance as riches primarily, but the truth is, is you can have all the money in the world, but without God still have lack. And you can see that because, take a look at it, there are many people that have all the finances in the world, more than they know what to do with, but yet there's still this thing in them, this lack, this need, this urge for more because they haven't been satisfied even though they may have more than that could provide for each and every one of us in this room a hundred times over. So finances alone, money alone is most certainly not true abundance. But God does not desire that his people should be with lack. We need to understand that. Let's go to Isaiah 45. I actually ministered this last night and really felt afterwards, I need to include this in this morning's sermon because it just ties in so powerfully. Let's go to Isaiah 45, verse number 18. We need to start with a reference. We need to understand fully who our God is. And there's no one that tells the truth like our God. So let's hear what he has to say about himself. Isaiah 45 verse 18. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. The first thing I want to start off with is the last part. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. I want you to understand that there is no one or nothing like our God. He is the one who formed everything. We want to do things our own way, but the truth is, how do we tell the one who even created our mind that was able to think how we are supposed to think? Think about it. There's a lot of thinking in there. Are you with me? We cannot try for one minute to try and understand or try and think that we have a better way than God's way. He wants you to understand that He's the one who created everything. And everything that He created, He did not do in vain. There is a purpose and a plan for all of it. That's good news. He says, I've not spoken in secret. Listen, what I'm telling you is not a secret. In a dark place of the earth, I did not say it to the seed of Jacob. Seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. In other words, God's word is the right way. You can try all you like. You can, you can throw a tantrum. You can protest, you can do whatever you like. The fact is, if it contradicts God's word, your way is the wrong way. His way is the right way. Well, you know, I don't really agree with that, Pastor Alex. Okay, well, there we've already got a problem. You see, the only way that is right is His way. 
well, you know, his way, I just, you know, I just don't think that really that's going to help me. And, you know, I just, you know, I don't really want to do it God's way because then I'm not going to have so much fun. And, you know, the truth is, is that you will never truly understand what real fun or joy is until you begin to do it his way. That's the truth. The enemy can say a lot of things to us, try and convince us of many things, but the truth is that he declares things that are right. He says in verse 20, assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together you who have escaped from the nations. They have no knowledge who carry the wood of their carved image and pray to a God that cannot save. You need to understand that any other God, any other idea, any other, any other life method is not going to give results from the only one who lives and breathes and has his being. The only one who can really answer and change anything because he is the God who created everything. And he is the only God who can save us. Amen. Amen. He says, he says, they have no knowledge who carry the wood of their carved images and pray to a God that cannot save. Tell and bring forth your case. Yes, let them take counsel together. Who has, who has declared this from ancient time? Who has told it? from that time. Listen, God has been around a lot longer than you and I. God has been a around a lot longer than from the beginning, guys. Who has declared it? Listen, the one speaking to us here is trying to get a message over to us. Maybe we should pay attention. Have not I the Lord? And there is no other besides me, a just God and a Savior. Listen, He is just. And he is the only one who can save us. There is none besides me. Look to me and be saved. All you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. I've sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That to me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall take an oath. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. Amen. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Give the Lord a clap this morning. That's the God that you serve. All powerful, almighty, none besides him. He is our savior. He is our deliverer. He is our provider. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. You see, the problem with man is that we actually are in a pretty bad state outside of God. Let me rephrase that. We're in a really bad state outside of God. But when we begin to follow him, when we begin to truly seek him, there are promises in his word that will shock you. Well, yeah, I don't really believe God really wants to bless me. Maybe he wants to leave me like this because it's better for me. Listen, what does the Bible say? See, it doesn't matter what some say. What matters is what does he say? So I'm going to go to just one passage. There are many where God tells us what will happen if we choose to do what is right, if we choose to do things the way that he desires for them to be. And, and the th interesting part about it, which we'll get to a little bit later on, is that your inner struggle will finally be silenced when you choose to do it his way. 
Because you see, your struggle is really like when Paul was, meets Jesus and Jesus says, Paul, why do you kick against the goats? Why are you struggling with what is actually the truth? The only thing that can really set you free. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28, verse number one. We'll read this out of the New Living Translation for the sake of making it plain. Great translation for really just bringing things into a, a language that we understand. And it's very close to the original language. If you fully obey the, the Lord, your God, and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. Let's just read that one more time. If you partially obey, if you, how many of you want to be fully blessed? Then we have to desire and choose to follow him fully. We can't have it our way. We have to do it his way. And you'll find out that when we do it his way, the reason why is because he desires to bless us. He desires to cause us to enter into abundance. He desires for us to begin to walk in true prosperity. Prosperity is a wonderful thing, not a bad thing. God wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to. And, and, I can, and the, 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 the sad thing is that even now as I speak, I can, I can, I can see how some of you are like, mm, I don't know about that, Pastor Alex. Listen to what he says. If you will fully obey me, he says already just in the first sentence, let's go to the B part. He says, he says, let's just read the whole thing. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. Promise number one. Let's look at the next one. You will experience all the blessings if you obey the Lord your God. What do we have to do to experience blessings? We have to obey him. Obey what? To do what's right. What is right? What he says. Not my way, but his way. Are you with me? Not my opinion, but his opinion. He says, your towns and your fields will be blessed. I'll take that. Come on, let Vera Beach be blessed. Let our, let our region be blessed. Look at what he says. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. That sounds like prosperity, guys. That sounds like blessing. Don't get mad at God. You can't be mad at me. I'm reading the Bible to you. If you will obey him, if you will listen to him, he will bless you. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children, your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. The fruit, baskets, and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from, from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. Woo, I like that. Well, you know, I can believe in salvation, but I know about this, Pastor Alex. You know, I believe that God's going to save me if I believe and just, you know, be a Christian. Well, why don't you want to believe this? 
Why don't you choose to believe this? I'll tell you why. Because you don't want to obey. That's why. We don't want to obey. Because we want to do it Frank Sinatra's way. He says the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. And will fill your storehouses with grain. Fill them. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Oh, but yeah, he tells us again, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people. He, as he swore he would do, then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you, come on, everybody read it. The Lord will give you what? He will give you prosperity in the land. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. He wants to give you these things. Why? Because he loves you. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have enough. Are you with me? He says he swore to your ancestors to give you bless, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and everybody say abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from, from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. I will lend to, you will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord, your God, that I'm giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands that I'm giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm about to take that, frame it, put it in my room, and I'm going to stand in front of it every day and say, I thank you, God, that I'm above and not beneath. I thank you, God, that I'm the head and not the tail. Because I choose to follow you, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I will raise my kids in the ways of the Lord. I will, I will follow you all the days of my life. Your ways are better than my ways. I choose to do what you say is right. Amen. Amen. God's plan here is pretty lavish, pretty awesome, pretty abundant. I mean, I don't think God wants to give me. What are you talking about? You don't know your Bible. Or you choose not to believe it. Well, you know, Pastor Alex, I did things that, that I think I'm supposed to do. And, you know, let me tell you something. If something isn't working, something is wrong. If I go and I have a machine and I gotta fix a part on the machine, and I go in there and I'm convinced that this is the only part that really makes the whole thing work. I replace that part, now I've got the right part, I'm doing things right now in this area, but there's another part that's broken, guess what? This part's not gonna work. So sometimes some of us have done things that we think now will cause us to walk in prosperity, but the problem is there's something else that's wrong, it's not that. Are you with me? That's why the Bible says we must fully obey Him. We must fully follow Him. Listen, am I saying that you must be perfect? You can't be, it's impossible. Thank God for His grace, are you with me? Let me ask you a question. Please don't use, it's a terrible example, but I'm gonna give it anyway. 
just to show you how good God's mercy is in the Old Testament. We have a better covenant. Did David lack anything? Did David always do things right? No. Now, if you do anything that David did, I will kick you out the church. Just like that. Don't laugh. I'm not God. I'm not gracious like him. The point that I'm trying to make is that your mistakes don't necessarily determine God's blessing or outcome, but your heart most certainly does. And David always had a heart to do what was right before the Lord. And then when he did mess up, he was quick to repent. Even when he did really bad stuff, don't do it, it's not worth it. He paid the price. David paid the price, go read the Bible. Amen. Let's go to 1 Chronicles 29, verse number 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Who is in charge of everything? Who owns it all? Who is the head of everything? Come on, church. It is Him. He is the one. Get on the right side. Come on. Get under the covering of the right one. Are you with me? Get under God. Work with Him. Serve Him. Love Him. Walk with Him. And watch what He will do. Everything else that you will try that will give you temporary success. Well, you know, I know people that made it all the way to the end of their life and they were successful, but they were terrible. Well, when they, when they closed their eyes, it was terrible on the other side too, friends. You can't always look with eyes that are natural. Follow the whole story. Let's move on. I can't get into that. We need to understand that riches, honor come from him. He reigns over all. Strength and might, it comes from him. Power comes from him. He is the giver of everything. Everything we need comes from him. And it is he that gives us the ability to prosper. True prosperity. Now watch this. The fact is, is that we do have needs. We need Money, we need food, we need things to keep us going in life. And God wants to give you everything that you need. Let's go and look at what the Bible says. Matthew 6, verse 31. Matthew 6, 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these, all these things, the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. All the things that we need, God knows that we need them. And the truth is, is that he's already told us in his word that he will give them to us. In the Old Testament, he said, listen, if you follow me, if you do what is right, if you do what I tell you, you will have all these things. Now watch what he says in the New Testament. He says, there is something that you need to do first before I give you these things. He says, first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What things? The things that you need. The things that you need. God will provide those things for you if you do two things. Seek the kingdom 
and seek his righteousness. Let's start with righteousness. He's already told us that he does things and that are right. So if we want to do things that are right, we should seek his righteousness. Is anybody out there? But he also tells us to seek, to seek the kingdom, excuse me. He tells us to seek the kingdom. Included in the kingdom is so much. I can't get into all of it this morning, but I need to show you something. Because oftentimes when we talk about kingdom, many of us think of two different things, heaven far away or kingdom on earth, kind of like money and gold and crowns. But it goes far beyond that, guys. God's authority, God's kingdom is involved with rule and so much more. I can't get into all of it this morning, but I want to show you what the Bible says. Because you see, your state as a person, as an individual, will very much affect how God will be able to bless you. Because the kingdom is not always as it seems. Luke 17, 20 says this. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So we have to seek the kingdom, but it's within us. So when it comes to the kingdom and it's within us, what is it that we're looking for? I'm so glad you're asking so many questions this morning. Let's go to Romans 14, verse number 17. Now remember, there's more to the kingdom than this, but you must understand this because this is what so many miss. See, for the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking. Everybody look at me. In other words, the things of the kingdom will not be satisfied or the things of this world, eating, drinking, things, money, cars, gold, stuff will not satisfy you. That's not the kingdom. So then if it's not that, what is the kingdom? I'm so glad. Let's take a look. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is, is, is where? The kingdom of God is in you. So you've got to seek the kingdom of God in you. In other words, on the inside of you, on, on the inside of you, let me ask you the question, is there peace? Is there joy? Because if there isn't, you may not be in the kingdom. And in order for all the things to be added unto you, what you need in the natural, before you can have the things in the natural, you must first find what is important, which is in the spirit, which comes from joy, walking right with God, peace. Inner, it's an inner thing. So let me ask you a question this morning. How are you? How are you doing? How is your soul? Do you walk in peace? Do you walk in joy? Because you will never fully be able to experience the things. And the truth is, unless you have this peace and joy, you may have all the things but you'll never be happy, truly happy. You will never be truly satisfied because true abundance is not the things. But God will give you the things because he knows you need them, Matthew 13. But the kingdom 
It's not in eating and drinking. Righteousness, joy, peace, walking with God. Finally getting to that place where like Paul, stop kicking against the goads, Paul. Stop trying to do it your way. You've tried it for 25 years. How's it going? Really? You can have no riches, no money, and be miserable, but you can also have lots of it and still be miserable because true wealth is really what's on the inside. And the only place that you will find it is in the Holy Spirit. Take a look at what 3 John verse number two says. Watch this. Beloved, oh, this is so powerful, guys. God's word, don't you just love it? He says, beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things. Everybody say all things. He is saying, he is saying to you, the church, I want you to prosper in everything and to be in health. How? Watch. Just as your soul prospers, you will not be able to experience abundance and prosperity unless your soul has begun to experience that abundance, that prosperity. How do you do that? By walking in the Spirit, by seeking the kingdom, by surrendering to God. Not my will, but your will be done. Are you with me, guys? I always have this, I always have this, this vision of, uh, like, I, I, like I can see, like, I remember when the, when, you know, I don't want to get political, but, you know, it's like sometimes when things don't go the enemy's way, they like, they have these tantrums. Have you ever seen what I'm talking about? They're like, they're like, they have like meltdowns and they manifest and they scream and they act like absolute babies. You know what I mean? Don't be like that because you want to do things your way. Well, you know, I don't really know if I believe. No, you, you probably do. You just don't want to do it. Well, what is it that you don't want to do? You don't want to do what's right. Well, God told us that he knows what's right and he's giving all of that to us. The funny thing is, it's not so much for his benefit, it's for yours. Why? So that he can give you all those promises in Deuteronomy. What promises? All those promises of abundance and blessing and prosperity. He wants to do all of that to you and for you. Jesus walked in abundance. Man, I'm running out of time. It went much faster in the last service. Are you guys okay? Are you getting something this morning? Amen. All right. Just hang with me a little bit more. There's just a few more scriptures. I need you to see this. You see, what many don't understand is because the Bible says that Jesus emptied himself and he became a man. Yes, he was 100% God, but he emptied himself. He didn't come down as he could have as the ruler. He came down and he became a man. Yes, he was 100% God and he became poor in that way. But you must recognize that Jesus walked abundantly. He always had everything he needed. And when Jesus came, he said, I did not come 
to do my own will, but to do the will of the Father. What does that mean? That means I'm choosing to do what is right. I'm choosing to do what He says. Now, let's go to Matthew 14, 15 real quick. Got about 10 minutes left and we'll be done. Matthew 14, 15. I just want to show you, we saw Old Testament. I explained to you how God provided in the, in the, in the wilderness. Now Jesus was on the earth. Watch what happens. Matthew 14, 15. When it was evening, the disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place. And the hour is already late. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took five loaves and two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate, now watch, and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. There was an abundance. Jesus' ministry was a ministry full of abundance. They never lacked anything. When Jesus needed to pay taxes, in Matthew 17, let's just pick it up. If you can go read it, Matthew 17, 24 to 27, Jesus needs to pay taxes for him and Peter. He tells Peter, listen, you need to get some money. Go and catch a fish. So he went and catches a fish, and there was a coin that was enough to pay all the taxes. I want that coin. <laughs> I need that coin. <laughs> I've had some coins in my life, but not a coin like that, church. <laughs> Why? Because everything that was needed was provided. The disciples that walked with Jesus were always provided for. Luke 22 verse 35 says, And he said to them, When I sent you out with no purse or provision, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? And they answered, nothing. Remember, seek first the kingdom of God and all the things that you need will be added unto you. It's a promise. And God doesn't give you just that. He always gives you more. Because that's what his word says he will do. And surely he will do according to his word. Now watch, last verse. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is, <clears throat> God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have and abundance. Everybody say abundance. For every good work. God has a plan for each of us. In order for us to be able to fulfill that plan, we need to be provided for. God tells us what to do so that he can give us what we need to fulfill that plan. He then tells us that in order to do that plan, I will not just give you, but I will give you abundance to be able to fulfill every good work that's required. Now, if anybody gets upset about that, come on now. That's the kind of God that we serve. But stop kicking against the goats. Yes, there are things that we must do to be able to 
receive all that God has for us. And those things are not there because he's trying to be mean. They are there because he wants to bless you. Let's bow our heads. Father, this morning we are truly grateful that you are an abundant God. And your plan for us is that everything we need will be provided for so that we can do every good work that you have planned for us. But you said in your word that you would give us abundantly to be able to do that. There's just one thing required. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then those things will be provided. This morning, Father, many of us are sitting here and, and many of us watching, maybe even online, have gone through difficult times, struggles, some maybe financially, some in their jobs, in their marriages, maybe internal struggles. But I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to the hearts of everyone listening this morning. Lord, like with Paul, let us get to that place where we surrender. It's like we've been in a boxing match against you and we didn't even realize it. But today we drop our gloves and we say, Lord, your will be done. Have it your way, God. My life is yours. Surely you've done enough already for me to say, Lord, here I am. Use me for your glory. And so I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will cause the eyes of every person in this place and watching online to be opened and ears to be opened so they can see and hear what you have for them. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. If you've come here this morning, just keep your heads bowed for a moment and your eyes closed. If you've come here this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, you're describing me. I feel like I've been kicking against the goads. I've been struggling for so long. But this morning, I make a decision. I choose to follow Jesus, to surrender my life to him. I'm tired of the struggle. I want to serve him with my whole heart. If that's you, quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you over there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you in the back. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. So many hands. So many hands of God. God bless you. I see your hand there. Thank you so much. If you've, if you've come here this morning, you say, Pastor Alex, I used to serve the Lord like that. I see your hand in the back. I used to serve the, the Lord like that. But this morning, I realized that I've gone so far away. My heart has become hard and I've begun to do things my own way. But this morning, I choose to surrender again to the Lord. I want to come back to him. If that's you, raise your hand and I'll include you in this prayer. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. I see those two hands there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Last call. If you say, Pastor Alex, God bless you. That's me. Include me this morning. I want to make right with him. I want to choose his way over my own. Raise your hands. I'll include you. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Now, if you raised your hand, God bless you. Don't stay in your seat. Stand up for me, please. 
Don't be afraid. Everybody that raised, so many of you raised your hand. Stand up. This is your moment. The, the Bible says that, it, that we must be able to proclaim him before men. Otherwise, he will not proclaim us when we get before him. Let me see you stand up. Come on. So many of you raised your hands. God bless you. Come on, church. Let's give them a big round of applause. So many people that raised their hands this morning. If you raised your hand and you're standing, quickly come to the front so I can pray for you. Don't be afraid. This will only take a minute. Come quickly. This is your day. This is your day. Don't stay in your seat. Come. God bless you guys. God bless you. That's it. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. If, you've, if you raised your hand, keep coming. That's amazing. Amen. It's good to see you. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless you ladies. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. This is such an important moment for you guys in the front here. And if you raised your hand and you didn't come, that's okay. We're going to pray a prayer together. And then I'm going to quickly pray for each of you. But I want you to know that this is, this is the most important moment right here. This is what it's all about. Young men, this is the new beginning for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. You're a very precious young man. Amen. You guys are also amazing. But this morning, mean business with God. Amen? Mean business with Young men, listen, God's going to get you, boy. No matter where you go, he's coming after you. You can't run away from him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Each and every one of you, just repeat these words. Church, let's all pray this together. But in the front, pray this with your whole heart this morning. Let's say, Father, I come to you this morning. Today, I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me new. Write my name in your book of life. Today I surrender. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, I pray that you bless them. Let this be a new beginning, Father. A new beginning for this young man. And for this one, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, life is about to change for you. Hey, great change is coming. The struggle, because it's been a struggle, is going to come to a sudden end for you. In Jesus' name. Father, just bless her. A new beginning. What a precious, 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 precious young man. Father, I pray that you bless him. Bless her, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for these precious souls. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let this be the beginning. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Are you the mom? Is this your son? Amen. Amen. You raised this boy in the ways of the Lord because God's got such a plan for his life. And mom, now you serve God with him together and you go for God with all of your heart in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's not over for you. It's not over. It's not too late. God is a restorer of those who diligently seek Him. 
And even this morning in this place, as you have begun to seek the Lord once again, there are bondages that will be broken. There are things that will lift off you and you will feel even this morning a release and a peace that surpasses understanding that will come over you. And God says, I will begin to move swiftly in your house. I will begin to move once again. And the broken pieces, the broken things, I will restore. For am I not the God who heals? Am I not the God who restores? Father, I pray every dark thing is broken and lifted now in Jesus' name. And I give you thanks, Lord. Bless this young girl, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, you are raising up a new generation of mighty warriors. And even this morning as they stand here before me, God, raise them up, Lord, to be all that you've called them to be. No more compromise, girls, in Jesus' name. For you will be separated and consecrated to God and do great and mighty things in his name. In the mighty name of Jesus, bless this precious lady, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now is a season of peace that you will enter into. For there are many voices that have been speaking in your, even in your mind, voices that have been trying to bring death and destruction. I silence those voices right now in the name of Jesus. Be healed now. Be made whole. I rebuke the devourer now in Jesus' name. Lucer, now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the anointing that breaks the yoke over this woman. Never the same from this moment in Jesus' name. Bless this man, Father, and I give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, never the same. Never the same. Fuller now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. If you guys take a look to your left over here, is this lovely young pastor with no hair. And you can just follow him. He's going to take you to the room next door. We want to just bless you and meet you and pray with you. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a big clap. Amen. Amen. Bless you, young man. Bless you, mom. Thank you. Bless you guys. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. This is part one. Next week, we're going to dive into some things about this subject that I believe are so important for us to grasp because I truly believe God wants to bless each and every one of you. And as your shepherd, as your pastor, that's my desire as your pastor. That's my desire. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you, honor you. I pray, God, this week as, as families get together on 4th of July to celebrate this nation, that you would cause us as the church to celebrate our loved ones and our families and to never forget, Lord, to always stand for this nation, for what is truth and what is right, your will, your ways. Lord, we ask that you will touch our nation, America. Lord, that you would restore this nation and that you would use this nation once again to touch the nations of this world. We honor you and we love you. And I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Spirit be with every one of you in this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful 4th of July week and we'll see you next weekend.